Art of the Kickstart, episode 81. Welcome to the theartofthekickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating and creating the products of the future, and backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. Guys, launching a Kickstarter campaign isn't exactly easy. That's why the majority of Kickstarters fail, despite how hard inventors work. I put together a free six-step email mini-course to try to eradicate this evil issue and help inventors and entrepreneurs everywhere. If you guys go to artofthekickstart.com slash checklist, you can get the new and improved six-step guide that's going to walk you step-by-step through making your Kickstarter, your crowdfunding campaign happen. Check it out, artofthekickstart.com slash checklist and make your crowdfunding dreams happen. Hey guys, welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today I'm pumped to have Chris Landano on the line from Track360 to share the story from a previous crowdfunding case study. We broke down the campaign, and now we've got Chris, our first ever founder, coming on to do an interview. Thanks for coming today, Chris. I'm pumped to have you on. Oh, my pleasure. If I could just make a quick correction, it's Track Belt 360. Oh, my bad, my bad. Sorry, I have a... I have a terrible tendency of reading. I think I'm a bit dyslexic. But either way, thank you for coming on today, Chris. So a lot of people might have heard a little bit about your story, but let's assume they didn't. First thing we kick these interviews off with is a life quote or success quote. What do you live by? What do you want to share? Uh, three words, integrity, honesty, and loyalty. Integrity, honesty, loyalty. That is awesome. And I think that that's something people really need to live by and people are losing a lot of now. Well, how did that become your – there's got to be a story behind that. What's the story? I guess, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm 37 years old. I've had a lot of life experiences. I guess those – if I'm going to be defined by three words, it's going to be those three words that I can live by because if you're not honest, you're a bad person. A lot of people have gone in the last 10, 15 years that I, you know, started becoming uh, – I started my entrepreneurial uh, journey. A lot of people have helped me out. So – I always wanted to remain loyal to them. And if you don't have integrity, well, then what's the point? Absolutely. And you've been doing this for a while, you were saying. So you've raised close to $37,000 already on Kickstarter. But I think you have a pretty cool story. Take us back to the beginning. Share where Trackbelt 360 came from, how you almost died, and how you've gotten to this point. Well, I am a New York City firefighter. I studied photography in college. So when I got into the fire department, I learned that they had a forensics photography unit, which I applied for, and I had gone into it with my experience and my skills. And a few years back, I responded to a building collapse with reports of people trapped in the building. And being a a trained firefighter and a photographer always allows me to take the camera where most photojournalists can't go. Usually, press photographers are pushed back a block, but I got to the scene, I put my firefighter gear on, grabbed my photography gear, and uh, I followed the rescue firefighters that were going into the building on their hands and knees, crawling through the debris to search for victims. And so what I love to do is really capture firefighters in the moment. Because like I said, most of the time, you don't really get to see real live action. You know, you, you see what's on Hollywood and and what's on TV, but it's never real life, real time. And so 
I decided to, you know, go in with them and show what firefighters do every day is risking their lives to save people they've never met. And that's a true hero. So I went in with them. I snapped a few photos. It was still a very dangerous scene. Even the firefighters searching for victims, they realized that the building was still very unstable. So I had taken a few photos and I decided, all right, let me start to make my way out of here. And as I started making my way out, I got caught up. Something caught onto one of the existing photography belts that I was using. And in that split second, while I was trying to free myself, I was thinking to myself, wow, there's got to be a better way. And, you know, the thought of track belt 360 came to me. In that moment, I eventually had to pop the quick release buckle on my belt and drag my, uh, my photography gear behind me with debris and dirt getting into it. And it was a disaster, I have stated. And so that's how the product track belt 360 came to life. So, Chris, what the heck? You have this near-death experience. You're trapped in a burning building. And you're not freaking out. You're not imagining or thinking about the rest of your life or what you could miss out on. No, you're coming up with a business idea. Have you always been entrepreneurial like that? Have you always been a problem solver? You know something? Not really. I'll tell you. I didn't even realize I became, you know, I solved the problem. I got out of that building and I knew what I needed. I knew I needed a belt with some sort of system that allowed your pouches to move and rotate on your waist. So I went out looking for the product. I figured it was already on the market. And after about two years of searching and going to trade shows, one of my college professors had seen something that I had made, sort of a, a, you know, a prototype. And he was like, you know, you should go for a patent for that. And I was just like, a patent? He was like, yeah, a patent. So I didn't really know that I invented anything until sometime later down the road when someone saw what I was trying to work on and said, hey you may have invented a product there. <laughs> and so that's how that um, went down. And that story is so similar. People always come up with these amazing ideas, these fixes for themselves, but they don't necessarily take it to market. That's one really nice thing about crowdfunding. But what would you recommend to other people out there? People that just fix their own, they scratch their own itch. How can they tell if their product's actually worth it, worth bringing to market and going for it? You know, there's a few different steps. You got to do research. I mean, you got to you got to go online. You got to kind of figure out what the product is going to be called or, or what other people would call it. So, you know, for my product, for example, I started doing searches online for like a track on a belt. And I was typing in all sorts of keywords and a harness with a track system built into it, and I couldn't find it. I was going to I figured out what stores it would be in if it was available. And I went to those stores and it wasn't there. Then I started going to trade shows because trade shows are a big part of your market research. And I didn't find anything like it. And then I would go into some of the local photography shops and I wouldn't tell them my idea, but I'd ask them if they had anything that could fix the problem that I had. And that's the first step is to kind of do your own market research to see if there's anything on the market and if there is anything on the market that's similar, but not exactly your idea, you kind of write down the name of that product. And that's good information to have because if you think you've got something, the next step is to hire a patent attorney. And if you did really good research and you kept track of all the keywords and searches you did and where you searched, that information is very good for your patent attorney, especially if you found something similar 
they can use that as a baseline search to kind of break into the uh, the U.S. and Patent Trademark Office database. Absolutely. That will save you a chunk of change on getting your patent done. And guys, get a provisional patent if you have an awesome idea. It gives you a year of protection. So you're doing this. You're building a business. You're doing research. You're prototyping. This what kind of background did you have in this? You said you were a firefighter. This doesn't seem like the thing you learn in school. How do you do this on your own? It was rough. It was rough. I mean, the first three years I worked on my own and I didn't know where to go. I had asked around friends and family if they knew anyone that was that had an invention or knew how to navigate through this uh, playing field and no one knew anything. So I was on my own for the first few years. And uh, I tell you, there's a lot of people out there that claim they're looking to help inventors and, you know, inventors have to be aware. There's a lot of scammers out there. And so I ended up going online one day and I did a search and I, my search was for inventor clubs. And that's when it all changed because I found a local inventors club here in New York City and I went to their, their meetings and their meetings were unbelievable. And the doors opened up to all the resources, the good resources for inventors. And now after years of working on this product and working on a few other products, I've networked with some amazing people in the industry and I've got some great resources. I mean, it's amazing what the information I have now. Yeah. Those 1-800 invent help and all that garbage you see on TV, you guys got to avoid that. You got to get around to other people that are doing it. And it's easier for you because you are in New York City, you're in the Big Apple. It's easier to find people. It's hard if you're in smaller areas, but that's the nice thing about crowdfunding and about the internet. It's making it much, much more easy to go about. Why crowdfunding? Why'd you come to Kickstarter? Well, you know what? While we're on that topic, there's a few organizations that inventors should join up and follow. One of them is the United Inventors Association of America. It's, their website is UIA USA dot com or dot org. I'm not sure which one it is, but it's the United Inventors Association of America. Great organization. They are constantly looking out for inventors. There's a magazine for inventors called Inventors Digest is another good resource. And those two websites are good places to start, as well as the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Depending on the country you're in, each country has their own patent and trademark office. That's a good place to start because I'm sure that each of the reps from those organizations, like here in the U.S. and New York, they have reps in each state. So that's a good place to start for inventors. That is absolutely huge, finding the places that have resources, places that can help you. What happens next? You start prototyping. It looks like this is something you need to get manufactured. You need molds made. How do you go about doing that? Well, we've got our prototype, which you see on our Kickstarter page. We're working with an engineering and manufacturing company. Right now, we are working on the final renderings, the final prototype, which once we get that done, I'll be able to put that up on my Kickstarter page and keep my backers informed. And then, like you said, then we start going into the tooling, which is the molds, which we're hoping to uh, get into um, sometime between uh, January and February. That's one of the huge things. It takes forever after your campaign. You got to wait to get the money and do all of that. What are some of the things that you're worried about when this campaign closes on how you're going to basically deliver on time? That's something everybody struggles with. Yeah, you know, the only concern I have is that we're going to run into the Chinese New Year, which I believe the factories in China shut down for three weeks. 
So, you know, I'm going to keep my back is up to date on that. But we've got a great manufacturer. The manufacturing company that we have that we're going to use, they are already making products for three of my friends who are also inventors. One of them was on the TV show Shark Tank. So the manufacturer we're working with is very capable. They've got a few different factories in China and in other countries. So we have, we're putting in place a backup plan. And one of my partners has been selling, him and his wife have their own product line. Uh, they've been selling product on TV for over 18 years. His name is David Shefflin and his wife is Stacy Shefflin. With their background and, and their 18-year history of manufacturing products, or I have great team with over 25 years of manufacturing experience. So that's huge for me. Yeah, that's a massive mastermind. People that can bring in so much helpful information. I got a double follow-up on that. So first, have you been approached by anybody like Shark Tank or people looking for licensing? I know a lot of the guests that we've had on here have crazy things happen because of their Kickstarter campaign. And what's your friend's project? He said he was on Shark Tank. Anything cool? Yeah, the product is called the paintbrush cover. Oh, I just remember on- that one. Yeah, so the paintbrushcover.com. He's also a, a New York City firefighter, and he's got two other partners, and they're killing it. They are killing it. I can definitely put you in touch with them and get them on the show because they're about you know a year ahead of me. They're manufacturing, and they're doing great. That would be incredible, and you're going to be crushing them in a year. That's the goal, right? Absolutely. You know, like you said, a lot of people get a lot of uh, interest once you get your Kickstarter campaign. And we have, we've gotten a bunch of companies that have reached out to us and said, Hey, we want to, if you're interested in licensing this product, and I'll be honest with you, I was interested in licensing this product up until about seven months ago. I'm doing all my research and having all the resources in the inventor community. I used a few coaches and, you know, in life, if you want to master something, you got to find someone that's already mastered it and kind of attach yourself to their hip and see if they'll show you the way, you know? And so I found a few people who did some coaching. I paid them for coaching. And because this was my first product, this was new. Before I had my partner, David and Stacey Shefflin, I had gotten good advice. And everyone said, listen, you got to license this product because you don't know anything about manufacturing and you can get eaten alive. And so I went out and I tried getting a licensing deal for over a year and no one was interested. And then I met my partner and his wife through a good friend of mine, Cleet Titus, and the doors opened up and then we started talking about manufacturing. And so I'm past manufacturing now that I have a team who have over 15 years of manufacturing experience. But if I hadn't met them, I'd probably still be looking to license it and get this product off the ground and go maybe go learn the process and then manufacture for the next product. It's crazy how valuable experience is and how valuable success is. Crowdfunding is that thing that makes you the sexy product that people want to get after. They want to invest in you. But before this, they would never even touch it. It's something that can help people absolutely launch. And speaking of launch, I want to jump into the launch round now. How's that sound, Chris? Sure. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid-fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. So first question for you, Chris. Let's say you'd never created track belt. You've never invented something before in your life. What if would you do if you wanted to go about coming up with an awesome product idea? How would you think of something and how would you get it to market as rapidly as possible? How would I come up with something if I didn't 
you know what? I'll tell you what I do now. Every day I keep a notepad in my school bag and I keep an app on my phone, the notepad app. Every single day I come across a problem and I write that problem down and I try to come up with a few solutions because that's how inventions are created through everyday problems, you know, little simple problems that people don't realize that they have every single day. There is going to be an invention if it's not already on the market. So that's how, you know, I'm already working on four other invention ideas that I have. And they all came about from simple problems that I had that people kind of don't really realize that, oh my God, this, I can invent, I may have solved this problem. And I can't tell you, and I'm sure you see, you know, so many people that, that will tell you, oh my God, I had that problem 10 years ago. I invented that product. I just never did anything with it. You know, you know what I'm saying? So that's how I would tell people to go about thinking of new ideas and new inventions is take the simplest problem you're having every single day, write down the problem, and then look to see if you can find any solution on the market for that problem. If not, you may be able to invent a solution. That is absolutely what people need to hear. Keep track of it every single day. That's when you really start to get things piling up. Have there been any inventors throughout history, entrepreneurs throughout history that you've looked up to as role models that you would have loved to have chatted with? You know what? You got to choose one. We'll make it hard. (laughs) Yeah, Thomas Edison, which everyone, I guess that's the easy way out. You know, Thomas Edison, if you learn about his story, Thomas Edison invented he came up with his first 10,000 ways of making the light bulb work didn't work. And then on 10,007 try, he figured it out. But someone once asked him, you know, what did you learn in the first 10,006 ways? He said, I learned how it wasn't going to work. Absolutely. That's how you find your way to the path. Okay. That is absolutely huge. Edison was a killer inventor. Personally, I like to go to Vinci, but I think I can give you a pass on Edison. He was pretty solid. <laughs> Have there been any business books, life books, entrepreneur books that have really motivated or influenced you, things you'd want to share? Yeah. You know, the first book I read, which was about seven years ago, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It completely, you know, I, I, I had a friend of mine who retired young and she came from a middle class family just like me. And she retired young when she was 29. I was 26 and I was amazed that she was retiring. And she had told me she got into a business. She had married a guy who was very successful. And uh, she later introduced me to him. And he told me, he said, you know, the key to financial freedom is financial education. He said, if you can learn how to make money or learn how money works, you can put the money in your pocket. And so he introduced me to the first book I ever read in my life at 26 years old, 26 years old, which was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki book. That was an incredible book. That was one of the first business books I read as well. And that changed my whole way of thinking. And from there, I went on and I read a few other books. I read another book by uh, Robert Kiyosaki. I think he did it with Donald Trump. And it was Why We Want You to Be Rich. And I'll tell you, I started at 26. I started reading. And in the last 10 years of reading and building my financial education, I have changed my mindset from employee mindset to entrepreneur mindset. And so, you know, going to work every day, you know, I love being a New York City firefighter. I love helping people, but I help people in a very regional area. And so what I want to do is I want to build businesses and I want to spend my free time helping other people, you know, get involved with 
homeless organizations and people who are less fortunate and wounded veterans. You know, there are some great things that I want to do. So, I mean, yeah, you got to read, you got to stay involved. There's a, a great magazine that I've also come to love, which is Entrepreneur Magazine. The articles in there are amazing. And you kind of learn about entrepreneurs in all different stages of their entrepreneurial their career. Another book that I just read, which was an amazing book, was Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain by Ryan Blair. It was a great book about how a guy was a gangbanger in his early 20s, around 21, 22, I believe. And then a few years later, he was a multimillionaire. It sounds like The 50th Law, the book about 50 Cent. That was incredible as well. Guys, check any of those out. Artofthekickstart.com slash audible. And last question of the launch round, Chris. This is Art of the Kickstart. This is about crowdfunding, invention. Have there been any crowdfunding campaigns out there that have absolutely blown your mind away? Ones that just made you have to get on the platform? Well, you know what? I started following crowdfunding in, in 2009 when Kickstarter broke through the, uh, the ice. And I've been following it. And they've had some amazing campaigns. But uh, one campaign, which I'm sure you, you were following as well, was the Coolest Cooler. I actually supported Ryan's first campaign in 2013. He launched a campaign in October, and he didn't hit his goal. You're familiar with the Coolest Cooler, oh, right? of course. Yes, he crushed it the second time. I mean, so, exactly. So I supported the first campaign, and then, you know, who would have known six months later he would have broken $13 million in uh, campaigning. I mean, completely inspired me to go out there and kill it. I mean, now, unfortunately, I didn't have that kind of success. But you know what? I hit my goal, which is going to help me to get my tooling costs paid. Absolutely. You hit your first goal. That means next time you're just going to crush that $13 million, right? I want to jump back now to you guys, back to the business. you got four days left in this, in this campaign. It's probably going to be over when this launches unfortunately, but it'll help you guys post-campaign. I want you to go back. What have you learned from this campaign? What can you share with other inventors that you think would really be beneficial for them? You got to start campaigning. We started working on our campaign three months out from our the launch of our Kickstarter campaign. And I'm going to tell people to start earlier. You know, Start six months out. There was a website that I came across shortly before we launched that I think can be very successful for people that are getting ready to launch a crowdfunding campaign. It's called Prefundia. Have you heard of Prefundia.com? Yes, Prefundia. They're starting to get popular, these pre-crowdfunding camp or sites. So I think that's the way to go. I mean, especially if you have sales. You know, I'm finding that a lot of people who have products on the market and are launching their first product on crowdfunding who have sales, reach out to their customers. So if you're getting ready to do your first crowdfunding campaign, and you have a company that has a, maybe an existing customer base, you got to reach out to them. You got to use every single resource you have. And you got to start at six months out. I mean, you got to start hitting it hard. And Prefundia could be a great way for you to really get the crowd, get a lot of people just get involved with your campaign before it launches. And another thing that we tried doing, which we were you know, partially successful with, is our goal was 35000 we had reached out to people who we knew were going to back us, and we had raised about 10% of our initial goals, which helped us. Absolutely. You got to hit 20 to 30% on that first day, or you're in trouble typically. That's what the stats are saying. You guys need to push hard well before the campaign, just like you're saying, Chris. 
And Chris, you've been an awesome guest. I know you need to run. I have one last question for you. One piece of advice, one thing to leave inventors, entrepreneurs with. If you could tell them one thing, what would you tell them? Never give up. Never, Never give, give up. up. I love And, you know, what stops most people from ever reaching their goals or, or stepping, you know, stepping outside the crowd is fear, right? We're all, people are afraid of what other people are going to think. And I tell you, that's what's kind of helped me as a, I think becoming an entrepreneur after being a firefighter kind of has helped me out greatly because as firefighters, we kind of give, uh, you know, I'm not going to take credit for this line, but Entrepreneur Magazine, their editor-in-chief, Amy Cosper, who I've become friends with, she wrote an article a few months ago and she wrote, giving fear the finger, entrepreneurs giving fear the finger. And it struck a chord with me because as firefighters, we don't even acknowledge fear. Like we could pull up to a burning building it could be the biggest fire you know anyone's ever seen. And we don't even acknowledge the fear factor. We grab our tools and we go in doing what we got to do. And as entrepreneurs, I mean, that transition has helped me so greatly because as an entrepreneur, you can't worry about, you know, fear. And we know many entrepreneurs, you know, they risk it all. And so that's what I'd say is never give up and don't acknowledge fear. Just look right past it. I might have to use that as the title for this podcast episode, Given Fear the Finger, The Fireman's Journey to Entrepreneurship, something like that. That is awesome. Thank you for coming on today, Chris. You've been such a cool guest. You shared a wicked cool story. Where can people find you? Where's the best place for them to hit you up and say thanks? They can go onto our website. Right now, if you went onto our website, which is trackbelt360.com, so that's T-R-A-K-B-E-L-T-360.com. Right now, if you go on to that, it redirects you in a few seconds to our Kickstarter campaign. But as of December 6th, our website will be launched and people will be able to reach out and contact us and send us some emails. They can also go up on our Facebook pages. They can follow me on Twitter. And certainly if someone has an idea or an invention, I would love to point them in the right direction. Like I said, I have a lot of resources and I want to see inventors stay clear of the scammers. You've done an incredible job of that already. Guys, get around other people that are doing it. And make sure when you finish this campaign, Chris, put that redirect link so people can get pre-orders because you've got a great product. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, audience. Chris, you've been awesome. All right, Matt. Thank you so much. I look forward to definitely staying in touch with you and maybe we do a follow-up story. Absolutely. I love the follow-up story. See where people are at. Thanks for coming on, Chris. All right, Matt. Take care. Awesome. Thanks, man. That was great. Hey guys, I'm your host, Matt Ward, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Art of the Kickstart, where we believe inventors, innovators, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. If you liked the ideas in this episode, or you're interested in learning more about crowdfunding and how to kill it with your own Kickstarter campaign, you can check out more at artofthekickstart.com. And if you've been listening to the show, love the episodes, but you're not subscribed, that's got to change. You can go to artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher and get the episodes delivered magically to your phone. And if you like the show, I would love you forever if you leave a review on iTunes. It helps more aspiring inventors and creators out there find the show and find the information they need to kill it on Kickstarter. Until next time, thanks for tuning in, guys, and have an absolutely